podcast coming to Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, how's everybody doing here this evening? Your host here, Jeff Lloyd. We're going to get into the PFF night here with John Costco from Pro Football Focus, sponsored here this evening by Vivid Seats. We're going to get into player grades, whether it's you know offensively, Baker, Greg Robinson with a nice surprise uh, you know, starting debut yesterday. We'll get into that number 29 guy who all of a sudden can still play football if you actually use him in the role that he's good for. We'll get a little bit into the defensive side, guys. It was not pretty. Um, part of that has to do with the Kansas City Chiefs. Part of that has to do with it is now a mesh unit on the defensive side of the ball. But we're going to get all into that. John Costco. Uh, John, uh, first things first, uh, I give you a lot of credit because, you know, a lot of work going into these grades yesterday, and sometimes maybe you hope when you do all that work you get better grades, but uh, sadly not the case yesterday. No, and most of the bad was on the defensive side, and obviously when you lose essentially half your starting defense and you're playing the best offense in the NFL, you know, bad things are going to happen, bad grades are going to happen, and that's basically what happened. You had um, Miles Garrett had a good game outside of the reason why his grade was low was uh, because he had the two penalties. Um, his run defense grade was was mediocre, but um, he was good as a pass rusher. Still had two, five total pressures, a sack, two hits, and two hurries um, with a pass rush grade of seventy seven point seven. But really, outside of that, there wasn't much you know positives from the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, losing Ward was a big you know, losing him was huge because uh, early in the game they had a. It seemed like their game plan was to man up on on the Chiefs and do that a lot, and they did that in the first drive. And when they did, they switched in some zone, and where they got beat early on was in zone. But once they they lost Ward and they lost uh, Gaines, um, you know, they, they lost Kirksey. They basically had to just go like exclusively zone, and that's where Mahomes just picked them apart because. You can't match up with him in zone. He's just gonna, you know, get. He has all day because of how they run their scheme, and that was that. And so everybody was, you know, pretty much lost. And he had a couple, of, like like Tanner Vallejo. He had some nice moments, but he had a couple of busts in coverage. Even Brian Bowdy Calhoun had that as well. So it is what it is when you're playing against the best team, you know, best offense in the NFL, and you lose half your defense, you're you're gonna struggle. Well, when you're literally playing your fourth, fifth, and sixth cornerbacks. I mean, there's only so much you can expect from these guys. And, you know, I mean, but look, at the same respect, though, they got reps. And, you know, this is stuff, and there's young guys here, and everybody kind of deserves a look here as to part of who is part of 2019. Or, look, if anything, you want to get yourself into camp with the 2019 Browns. Anything can happen from there. And with, you know, a lot of these guys getting reps, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, We'll go to Baker Mayfield first. Um, You know, uh, second week in a row here where the grade was not too great. Um, obviously, first play of the game, uh, had a wide-open Jarvis Landry, which would have been a 20, 25-yard game. Missed him. Missed a wide-open David Najoku from a clean pocket. Uh, you know, you overthrow David Najoku. I mean, that kind of takes a, a, a pretty Herculean effort to overthrow David. And then the interception was pretty poor. Um, you know, if you want to go to the stat line, it, it didn't look too bad. But, you know, it, again, another week here where Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, the grade, you know, was not too kind to him. No, and and essentially when you miss on, um, uh, you know, he, he missed the uh, jar. There's a pass that was over the middle against for, for Jarvis on that first drive. Later on in that drive, um, you know, he missed that. Obviously, he missed the first throw of the game, which was an overthrow there. Uh, you you miss Njoku on that um, that post corner. 
uh, and then you throw that interception. There was also another pass where uh, he hit the slant and was slightly behind on, I think it was Brashad Perriman, but it was right into the defender, so it was a turnover to throw. Those, you know, those couple of throws where he misses on, or he's just off just a little bit, that's gonna that's gonna take your grade down. And outside of those, he was pretty solid. You know, you talk about from a clean pocket, um, his grit, you know, his pass rating from a clean pocket was 117.0. So when he was given the, the protection, he was good. Uh, yeah, he missed a couple of throws. Yet, uh, you know, he was 24 for 33, 270 yards and two touchdowns. But uh, and 16. Uh, of his completions went for first down. So uh, really good numbers there. Uh, but still when he was under pressure, that, that pass rating just plummeted to a 21.3. Obviously uh, an interception will do that, but um, you know, I, I, what you wanted to see from him, what I wanted to see from him was just more growth. Uh, obviously it wasn't as good as what we saw at the beginning of the year, but you're seeing defenses obviously that able to adjust to what he's doing, what he's good at. Uh, and put at, throw at him what he's not good at, which is uh, he was struggling uh, the past couple of weeks recognizing blitzes and where to go with his hot read. Uh, today and this on uh, Sunday he was a lot better at that. You know you saw that when when the Chiefs did bring up zone blitz or uh, you know they just dropped a guy in, into the zone or they were running a man blitz, he knew where to go with the ball for the most part, and that was what was encouraging to see from uh, his overall production and or just development standpoint so um you take the 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 good and the bad and hopefully you know he starts i I have to assume that he's going to get better under pressure as he just gets you know more familiar and more comfortable in the scheme and with the receivers because um right now obviously when you you know an issue for not having reps with the ones all throughout the offseason training camp stuff like that is that you don't get familiar with you know the players and and all the uh, this basically the system with the number ones, uh, you're going to struggle unless you're a veteran quarterback that can step in and and do that. He's not there yet, so you know it's as a for a rookie standpoint, you know you saw a lot of good in there. You just want to clean up the the few throws that he did miss, and and uh, but what was nice for me, he improved at least from a blitz recognition standpoint. Um, of where to go with the ball when that was happening. Yeah, and I think part of yesterday, though, is now with, you know, with Jarvis Landry, you had Rashard Higgins back. Um, obviously, you know, working in still some Damian Ratley and Antonio Callaway as youngsters. Um, this, uh, you know, love fest they seem to be having for Brashard Perriman, where, you know, now there's, you know, special plays called for Brashard Perriman. Seemed a little weird, but, you know, you've got Baker Mayfield now trying to incorporate a Duke Johnson, you know, the running game with Nick Chubb. David Najoku, and in trying to incorporate five wide receivers, um, you know, it, it, it for me it's almost hey maybe he'd be better off if you were using less of the wide receiver core so he can maybe get established with guys that you think are going to be around here. But you know, I, I think they're sure on Landry, I think they're sure on Higgins, but they're not really sure on much else. So you got to kind of find a way with when you're coaching it to get a blend of everything so you can get a, a longer, stronger read on all of these guys. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for Higgins, it's his first game back from the injury. So uh, I, I wasn't expecting much to go his way. Or, or you know, I was obviously going to see uh, him on like a, uh, a pitch count, uh, essentially. And that's what you saw. So 
Um, I think next week we're going to see a lot more of him and a lot less of Perryman, probably less of Callaway as well. So you'd probably see Landry and, and Higgins as the, the, you know, the number one and two receivers. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously when you're, when you have a new guy like Perryman, you know, he's a guy that is a veteran. So like he's going to take the pressure off of, uh, force feeding it to Callaway, which is what they were doing earlier in the season. Um, it takes just another weapon, even if he's not much of a weapon, and he's at least a body out there that um, that has experience for the team. And um, you want to you have to want to lean on on that type of stuff. And uh, obviously, Ratley had you know they kind of amped up what he was getting. And he had that that one drop on the third down um, on the third down screen pass. But um, I, th- I think I think what what they're doing is what they can do with this group. You know, obviously. Uh, Landry is, is a, a known commodity, and but the rest of them have obviously big question marks of whether or not they can be legit weapons in the NFL. Obviously, I don't think Perriman is that, but I think you can, you know, argue that he he's a, a maybe a solid fourth option for a team. But yeah, I mean, there's at this point in the season, there's not really much you can do to improve this this wide receiver group, um, and it is what it is. So yeah. Well, and the best tweet I saw yesterday, though, was uh, about the uh, the no-call pass interference on Perriman in the end zone. And uh, somebody said, well, you got to call pass interference because you have to assume there was going to be a catch. It's Brashard Perriman, guys. You can't assume that there was going to be a catch. <laughs> and I actually got a good chuckle out of that. Sometimes the simplest tweets are the best ones. Um, yeah. Guys, if you're looking for tickets for Sunday's game in First Energy uh, to see as the Atlanta Falcons come into town, uh, a team that's kind of rallied and got themselves back to 500. Guys, don't ever write off the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, there's just too much offensive firepower. But if you're looking to do that, uh, guys, I can tell you where to do that. Take your business over to Vivid Seats. Um, any purchase you make to $100 or more as a first-time buyer or as a new customer, they will give you a $20 discount on you know, the purchase. As long as you're spending over 200 you get yourself a $20 discount. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in, in the crowd to cheer on a favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, sporting event of your choice for a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for customers to receive $20 off of orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code, all caps, locked on, for $20 off orders of $200 or more. That's the key there, guys. Um, every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concert and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code, like I said, guys, all caps, locked on, for 20% off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seeps help you get to your favorite live event. Um, now, John, we will uh, – I, I, maybe we won't dig too much into the defense here because, look, I mean, everybody kind of saw it. And congratulations, Derek Kindred, on being the highest-graded defensive player yesterday. But, yes, at the same respect, um, even with a curve, we're hoping that maybe somebody would have had a C effort yesterday. But it just wasn't the case all around. Tough day, and this is what you're going to expect when you're going to face an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. And when you get maligned and you were down to your fourth, fifth, and sixth linebackers and your fourth, fifth, and sixth cornerbacks, your free safety, who had been a rock star to this point, 
isn't there, it's just tough to compete with an offense of that thing, with you know the caliber of the Chiefs. Um, I, I do want to get to a bright spot here on offense. Um, look, whether Desmond Harrison was sick or whatever the case was, Greg Robinson started at left tackle. Um, and and it, the oddest thing for me in looking at his grades, John, is his pass pro, as high as it was. Normally with Greg Robinson, the deal has been, look, you have a really solid run guy. Pass pro, not so much, but that was not the case yesterday. No, and, you know, he had three, I think I'd say big mistakes, and they were, uh, you know, three mental errors, basically, and outside of mental errors. Which is funny, because it kind of came from what was said, you know, that he had looked back at the film, and he had, you know, and maybe he's learning more as he's getting older now, you know, that he said he saw some mistakes on his own, but go ahead, John. Yeah, also, if you watch those plays when he does make a mental mistake, like, immediately when it happened, he, he like, raised his hand and going, yep, that was me. Like a, like a basketball player when they, they committed a foul and they, they raised their hand, you know, like that's what he was doing, which was interesting. So, um, yeah, he, he he was impressive. And outside of those mental mistakes, you know, he was the one that gave, gave up, you know, he was wrong on his technique or his assignment. He should have, should have blocked down on Chris Jones on the sack that, you know, knocked uh, Baker out of the game for a couple plays. We'll wait um, for the apology on that one because it's coming. Yeah. They just have those ready queued up for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I, I do like the way they handled that after the game as opposed to how they've done that in the past um, when they had a, a different head coach. Uh, this this game, they pretty much brushed it off and it was like, I don't know, we'll have to take a look at it. And they weren't complaining. They weren't making any excuses or anything like that as opposed to, you know, other times where, you know, they they retweet stuff. Oh, I guess we're going to have to replay against the refs as well or something crap like that it's just I mean, there's no reason to, to do that obviously just, they're, they're bad all around that's just yeah. that's the way it is yeah so anyways greg robinson um i mean he he looked good his pass sets looked really good his technique looked good um you know when he got engaged with a a, a defender he was you know he was locked up with them or he's bowling them over he, um it was he, he had a good game and he had he was i i don't know where it came from you know i was talking to a couple other guys about it and uh, we, you know, I guess he has, he's been working with Charles Bentley, uh, for a couple off seasons and because you know, obviously as a, as a number over two overall pick coming out of the draft, uh, was however long ago it was, uh, he's obviously struggled. He's, he hasn't lived up to that at all. Uh, what he was able to do is be a complete, uh, you know, physical specimen that, you know, in college and in high school, he never had to learn technique. He could just get away with. Uh, just being bigger, more physical, you know, just to, uh, athletically better than everybody else, that doesn't work in the NFL. You have to win with technique. You're, so uh, you basically need a complete body, total, like, workover, uh, reworking. And, you know, uh, he it, it's taking time, but maybe, maybe it's there now uh, because he has, that, you know, the natural athletic gifts to be a, a really good – offensive tackle in this league but obviously it's, it's just not never been there he's always you know overbending and lunging for stuff and he didn't do that in the game um and, they, and there was one time he did have a miss on a pass block but he was he was still light enough on his feet that he was able to recover quick enough to to not get a beat so um you know I, I dare i say i mean obviously i want to see him to start the rest of the year because it was a major improvement over what uh, desmond harrison was um, you know, Desmond Harrison, you know, he has all these natural gifts, but like, he's just not there yet. He's, you know, and obviously given, given up so many pressures. 
And Robinson, it's, it's that though, and it's also the penalties. Yeah, the penalties, obviously, yeah, that, that too. So like you're you're lining up wrong, or you false starting, or you're holding and just tackling players and stuff like that. Just, Five yards deep in the end zone. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so so you're, you're you're hemorrhaging you know yards and expected points and everything like that with with him. And Greg Robinson didn't have the, those those discipline errors, you know. He he had a couple of miscues in, in what his assignment was. Uh, I contribute that more to or attribute that to um, you know coaching changes and not getting many reps with the ones and stuff like that. But I mean, he I want to see him start the rest of you because you know if you can <laughs> if you can come in there and solidify that left tackle position and play like he did in this past game the rest of the year. I mean, I think you've kind of found your left tackle, and it's not a position you need to address in the draft anymore. I think what what Desmond Harrison is is a good swing tackle that maybe he can he can you know go into uh, you know go to the left right tackle spot and compete with Chris Hubbard or something like that. Still compete with the left tackle, whatever it is. But if you can make sure you know solidify that left tackle position, that would be you know paid huge dividends you know moving into 2019. Yeah, I mean, that's an advantage you have. And even still, though, I mean, if he just plays good enough that you say, hey, we think we want to keep him around. And then, look, Desmond Harrison, you can move on from any time. So you tell the three of them, hey, who wants the right tackle position? We'll go out and find a left tackle. Who wants the right tackle spot? Let's see what you got. I mean, you can move on from Hubbard because they can absorb. I mean, the, the cap hit is minimal. So you can wow. do that as well, but look. In, I, I want to interrupt thing. you. I want to interrupt you right there. there. I don't think there's any reason at all that they should move on from Hubbard, um, even with the cap hit that is going to be when they keep him is you know, I don't know what is it ten ten million or something like that. He's shown in the past that he's a he's a good right tackle. He's he's solid. He's not you're not going to be one of the best, but he's definitely not one of the worst. And when it comes to the offensive line, you want you want solid. Oh, you know, I mean, if, want... you, if you can go eight guys that you're going to trust, by all means. Exactly. And he's a guy that you can trust, and he's not going to ha- – I mean, he had a bad game this game, um, and he's he's had, a, a you know, one other game that was, was bad. But other than that, he's been solid. And that's what you want at, the, at those tackle positions is, is at least solid, and he's that. So there's a, and this, if you bring in another coaching staff that's, you know, hopefully a much better staff, which I assume is going to be – you're going to see an improvement in that offense line and see them in his play. And if hopefully they, they want to keep him there. And obviously John Dorsey is a guy that brought him in maybe because it was Todd Haley. And so familiarity with that system. So maybe, maybe there will be a change because of that. But I just think that what we've seen from him in the past is, is a solid right tackle. And we just, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough how much the difference between the difference between a solid right tackle or just a solid tackle and a, an elite tackle is really not all that much, but the difference between a solid, you know, average tackle and a, you know, a bad, you know, piss poor tackle is <laughs> is losing games. That loses you games. Just look at the difference. Like uh, Ty- Tyrone Smith is not playing at the elite level he's he's used to play at. You know, a couple years ago, last year he got injured. He was playing at an average level, but you put in what was it Byron Bell or whoever it was that just gave up seven sacks to one player. I mean, that wrecked the game. I, I, I'm assuming everybody remembers that game of, what was it? Uh, who was it that had the six-sack game for the Falcons? Um, he well, now plays with the Patriots. I can't remember his name. I'm, he's, no, I remember uh, exactly. Flash in the but, pan. Yeah, but he, he that 
I mean, that's what it, you get when you have a bad left tackle. It wrecks games. Get yourself solid at the positions. You're good. 100%. Um, we're going to move on here. Um, and now, uh, interestingly enough here, John, um, they decided to use Duke Johnson a little bit more. And um, Yeah, I, I've heard of him. Um, and then all of a sudden, the highest-graded offensive player was Duke Johnson. And uh, look, I mean, in Baker, I believe it's 26 of 30 for 260-plus yards and obviously a couple of touchdowns now to Duke Johnson. And quite interesting that the guy who nobody knew his freaking name come Tuesday or Wednesday was able to say, hey, what we're going to try and do here is put everybody in the spot where they're comfortable and where they're good and let's see what happens. And wow, it worked. Yeah, I mean, he had a, a his receiving grade of eighty nine point six, which obviously is very good. I and mean, last year he he was like the number two or three, I can't remember what off the top of my head, graded running back as a receiver in the NFL. Uh, and obviously is, has a, caught at least fifty passes for three straight years. The only running back in the NFL to have those numbers. Um, finally, you, you get him involved, and you know things happen. And I think I think obviously Kitchens realizes that and they designed plays specifically for him like they were they ran the same play for him five or six times and that was the play that they they ran for him on that fourth and two in the fourth quarter that Mm -hmm. um, got bottled up it it wasn't a a specific screen it was just a like a slip route uh out into the flat they got caught running against cover two as opposed to what they had been running usually against either man or cover three um, and then you had a, a zone drop from it too, so it just kind of messed up the timing with it. But that, they ran that multiple times <laughs> to you know perfection, essentially the other six times that they did run it. Um, and yeah, it's just you get him the ball in space; he's going to make things happen. Uh, he's going to force missed tackles. He's going to make you know obviously you're going to see what he did in this game. And then thank God I played him in fantasy. I switched him last second, just have a feeling that they were going to utilize him and paid off and and that's the thing when you have a talent like Duke Johnson and you know and some of the you know well the female beat reporter who everybody seems to love oh look Todd Haley's not here they found Duke Johnson people we've been screaming about this for two plus freaking years so let's not say because Todd Haley's not here anymore all of a sudden now that they found Duke Johnson it has been a long ongoing problem and you have some of the top NFL writers, and whether it's fantasy-wise or writer-wise, saying, why can't you find a way to use Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb the way the Saints use Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara? Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. And um, obviously they you saw that step in the right direction on Sunday. So hopefully moving forward, they just, you know, they, they utilize the two guys properly like that. Um, I, 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 for me, it was a little bit too much run heavy. Uh, you saw a lot of, uh, and I understood why they were doing it. But when I you're... mean, you, you want to think that you know, I mean, you got to play it with the they're going to outscore us. Let's give them as least amount of chances as possible. I mean, because I mean, and and even with you know, with Baker's grade, did you want to get involved with the shootout? Maybe not. Well, it was it was his grade was fine up until you know missing on an interception. You know, outside of an interception, take okay. that away. You're looking at you're looking at a, a, a respectable grade. He did miss on some throws, you know, uh, whatever. And those those are small negatives. But the thing the thing is is that 
when when you're playing against a team that you know you're going to lose to, well, not know, but obviously you've got you're a heavy underdog to, you've got to do things to uh, give yourself a better chance. I mean, I guess you I guess you can take the 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 train of thought that you run the ball to keep the offense off the field, but like they had the ball what six times, scored six times, you know, in a row. So like it didn't matter if they didn't, you know how many possessions they got it. They they could score in a flash. Are so, you are I you think, discounting Denzel Rice's interception? Oh come yeah, on! I, <laughs> I definitely am. But um, <laughs> that's a, so you want to, you want to increase the, the variance on what's going to happen in this game if if you're going to have a chance for against this team. So like maybe that wasn't the goal. Maybe that maybe they don't realize like all right, we're probably not going to win this game. You know, let's let's at least make it comfortable for Baker and not try to go into a shootout. So, you know, that there is that. So um, I just think, you know, if you're looking at it from a strictly winning standpoint, that, you know, going run, run, pass, you know, on first, second down, pass on third down, that's, that's putting your quarterback in, a, in an adverse situation in the first place anyways because then you're expecting him, all right, well, it's a make or break play here on third down. Third down's only, you know, converted at, you know, Forty percent of the time, uh, you know, from a, you know, quote unquote, third and manageable, third, third and five, ish or whatever. So, you know, I think there's, you know, there's two trains of thought there. I, I would like to see him a little, you know, that first quarter I thought was really good and a lot of passes on first and second down to they stay ahead of the chains. So, um, you know, but still, I think I think in terms of how they utilize the running backs, you know, to get to a roundabout point of how we, you know, that our point here is. I like the utilization of having, you know, Chubb and Duke there uh, and rotating them and obviously getting them the ball because if both guys are, are dynamic with the ball in their hands. Uh, but I think I think in terms of a, a play calling standpoint, it could you could have mixed it up a little bit more from the just a run run first down first down second down concepts. Yeah, um, but also though this might be something that you know Freddie Kitchens works with. And here's the other thing: Freddie Kitchens, first time offensive coordinator calling these plays not in a preseason game. The Browns did not have a three and out Sunday. So that is a big, big positive. And now maybe, look, we'll see how it comes out this week. You know, I mean, does he grow from this? Does it, you know, take a step back? So it's interesting from that standpoint. Guys, Chris Manning, Locked On Cavaliers, does a fantastic job. Obviously, you know, Chris is right now dealing with, you know, covering a team that's going through some tough times after an NBA Finals appearance. Chris Mining, Locked On Cavs, guys. Go ahead, get in the rotation. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, John, now, anything else that we didn't get here today? And look, I mean, defensively, as far as the tape and everything, I mean, you just kind of flush it because by the time they got to mid-second quarter, there really wasn't a game plan anymore. It was just, all right, guys, back up a little bit in zone. Try not to get beat. I understand we're going to give up chunk plays. Uh, you know, so, I mean, basically, you're going to flush that. But is there anything you didn't get here tonight that you do maybe want to you know make a point or two on? Um, not not necessarily. I think <laughs> I think it's, I mean really like like for the defensive standpoint, when you get when you lose half your your defense, you you're in a bind. That early on, their their game plan was to run and cover one a lot. Um, and I think it was working pretty well because you had a lot of um, you know tight coverages. But when they had to go into that zone, it was they were done for. I mean, essentially that was that was the deciding factor of this game. Like they just did not have a shot. You assume that Greg had a lot of exotic stuff dialed up to, you know, give Mahomes different looks. And there's just not, not any of that. And, 
Um, well, I think their plan was is we're not going to let Tyreek Hill go for 90 yards on us. If you're going to go five plays and go 90 yards on us, that's fine. You know, Denzel Ward was going to be Tyreek. Um, and it's kind of you know what it was, and you hope that maybe the pass rush was going to get home, but you got to remember Mahomes is agile and a solid athlete as well. I mean, it was just a tough matchup all around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a reason why they were what, what is it, ten point underdogs, and then you, if you would have gone into the game without half your your starting uh, defense, it probably would have been a fourteen you know point game or whatever. Uh, well, and look so. at this week. I think they're seventeen point favorites for the Cardinals this week. So, I mean, this is how good these guys are. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anybody that's able to stop their offense right now. And obviously, you got Mahomes who's playing at an extremely high level. He didn't even, he wasn't even the highest graded quarterback of the week, by the way. He was the second highest graded. Drew Brees eked him out in our grades. And, and who did Drew Brees play? He played the Rams. Exactly. So, which I makes mean, this, which is the craziest thing about this league. And I thought the Saints would win the game. But the fact that the Saints dropped 45, I mean, good Lord. I mean, and that's what makes it fun on Sunday because you, you find those one or two games each week where it's just like, what the hell happened there? That was that was a fun game. And, you know, another fun game, going off on, ta- I mean, going off on a tangent here, was uh, South Carolina-Mississippi on Saturday. That was a 45-42 game uh, with, like, I mean, it was, like, basically, like, the Chiefs and the, the Saints or the Saints and the Rams, that type of game. Basically, it was the Chiefs and the Patriots earlier, where it's just like fireworks galore. Um, it's 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 interesting what the NFL, you know, the NFL is now. Obviously, you have scoring that's way up, you know, by four points a game. Um, and I think this this you know, influx of of these new concepts, the college concepts, what you know, Mahomes is able to do. And yeah, obviously, you know what Drew Brees and Tom Brady can do. And obviously, Jared Goff is you know coming into his own this year. You know, you got is named off the four best quarterbacks in the league right now. So, like, it's just – it's incredible. And and I think that, you know, what, obviously everybody wants to see the Browns there. And Baker is a guy that ob- clearly can run that type of offense and do that. As a rookie, there's just so – like, you can – there's so much that's going on. And obviously with the Browns and the coaching changes and stuff like that, he's behind the, the eight ball right now. But the um, – you know – Give him a year, and I think he can get there. And obviously, you're going to get a coach in here that's going to be, I, I hope, to be you know, detail oriented, uh, innovative as a as a play caller or you know, offensive guy, or at least brings in somebody that's going to be doing that. That can bring bring concepts in there to get to scheme his his players open. That gets going to give him all right. If they're going to give you this look, you can you know, this these are your options here, and so. I have. I think. I think the Browns are in a good position in terms of where you know you have the quarterback that can run these offenses that you you see Mahomes running and Drew Brees running and Jared Goff running. So, uh, yeah, I think. I think you know what you want to look at is. I mean, really, go watch these these teams play and just see how often you got wide receivers running open and why. Exactly. It's just. It's. It's not. It, it makes it so much easier for the quarterback. It's like you have. I mean, Mahomes, you look at Mahomes' throws. Obviously, he had a couple of, like, dimes that were in that game, some big-time throws to really tight coverage. But he had a number of throws that were just wide open, and he hit them. And obviously, Baker had a couple of those, too, and missed them. So, and that just comes with confidence. And I think Baker's just not quite there yet with the confidence level in the scheme and with the players there. You know, I, I, he's going to get there, though. And it's I think it's the future is at least bright for the Browns in that regard. 
Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you look at the uh, you know what, you know the the touchdown pass to Kelsey where it was an absolute dime. Baker can make those throws too, but the other thing is, is you need to get your confidence built up to take to make those throws by you know some easy pitch and catch stuff. Which I think Baker, you know, look, you're going to need another wide receiver or two. You're going to need to make sure this offensive line solidified. But after that, I mean, you know, and yeah, obviously maybe some more depth on defense because once you get to four, five, and six at any positional group, it's going to get tough. But- yeah, and I think I think. Uh- You've seen you've seen Baker make those throws, not just in college, yeah. but you've seen him do it in the NFL. His first game against the Jets, he made a number of big time throws. You obviously had that seam against up the side uh, down to seam against for Landry, tight coverage, put it over the over the defender where only he could catch it. Uh, you saw a number of those throws against uh, even against the Chargers in that game and against the Raiders in that game. He had a lot of really good throws. Um, I think when you when you start seeing a lot of different looks that you've never seen before, uh, and you don't have the coaches that are there that can like kind of coach you through that, um, it makes it a lot di- more difficult, and you're going to lose a little bit of confidence. And that's that's where he is right now. It's just he's a step behind, and he's has you know you, you have this a little bit of doubt in your mind about what you're seeing, and you're going to be a little bit off on your accuracy because we just, we know he's a super accurate quarterback when he when he's on on point. So he gets that confidence. It's going to be lights out for him, and it's going to you know lights out for the Browns. And look, and, and you know, look, they made a little noise early, but now it's it, it's all about putting yourself in the best position for 2019. Guys, John Costco, uh, great enough to join us here from Pro Football Focus. Obviously, we do this once a week. Uh, this is one of the shows I really enjoy because you know John comes from it from a technical standpoint. You know, guys, for me, look, I do watch it a couple times, but I'm not sitting down grading players. I'm looking for things that stick out to my eyes. Um, John brings and you know when the grades come and, and it was even funny today because normally I'm all over John I'm like they're not up yet they're not up yet they're not up yet he actually messaged me today they're up I'm like oh no 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 I'm already thumbing him through them I was eating my lunch <laughs> going through them so it, 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 it's fun to and for me to to see it and I had already watched you know yesterday I had already watched this morning and when the grades came through and the best first one is I went to the defensive side I was like yep and then the offensive side it was like all right young skill guys look good. Um and the rest, uh, well, the pass blocking wasn't terrible, and it, it, like you can almost kind of see the correlation. So it was, it's always fun in that aspect. Um, so guys, follow John's work. Uh, you know, follow John Costco. Uh, follow the PFF Browns account. Uh, everybody over there putting in a ton of work. Obviously, um, no, nobody sleeps over PFF. Uh, I don't think anybody <laughs> sleeps from like one o'clock Sunday till about lunchtime on Monday. Everybody puts in the effort and the time. Uh, the Locked On Browns podcast uh, Twitter account, guys, go ahead follow that. We keep it a follow back account. Uh, the interaction there, guys, I appreciate it. iTunes ratings and reviews, guys, those are always important in the show. Please keep up with that. I I, I thank you for it. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, we got some good stuff here in the works uh, here for the rest of the week. We got the uh, crossover show with the uh, Locked On Falcons. Aaron Freeman does a fantastic job. Uh, we're going to sit today, uh, with Dan Arlovsky this week. We're going to get a nine-game run-through here. Well, actually, you know, uh, six and a half, I guess, maybe on Baker Mayfield to this point. So we're going to get Dan's thoughts on that. He's been fantastic with quarterback analysis. Some real stuff here as we, you know, great stuff as we roll on through the week. I appreciate everything, you guys. Uh, Until we talk to the next time, LGB on the LOB.